The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. you guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Podcast Land, and welcome to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your lovely Dungeon Master, Mikey, and we made it through the first arc, you guys. Holy crap, I can't believe we actually got through it, especially with these loonies that I have as players, but it's been a great time. But yes. Quite the curve. It is... it really was. It really was. But I'm happy that we got through the first arc, despite all of the obstacles, and now we get to talk about it tonight. But before we get into all that, you can follow me on my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek across the Twitters, Instagrams, and TikToks. You can also follow us at DD Vitri Productions on those same social media sites. Make sure to give us a like and a follow to stay up to date for all of the amazing podcast that we have here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, which is a lot of them. But I am not alone tonight. As of course, as always, I have an amazing cast of players who are going to destroy my campaign and plot holes tonight, so this is going to be a great time. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to go around. I'm going to have them introduce themselves to everyone, plug any social media and projects they got going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. So, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, uh, little Joshy boy, you are the first to go. Hi. My name's Josh. I pay, play Farron Hammerstone, a grandfatherly dwarf who's looking for a chance to have some stories to tell to his children and descendants. Uh, you can find me on Only Josh and You on most things, definitely on TikTok. And I don't have a Twitch stream going right now. I may start that up again sometime in 2022. Try it again. But yeah, right now it's just TikTok. Thank you. All right. Next up is, of course, our other Josh. Hey, guys. I'm Josh. Or other Josh, as Mikey just called me. But uh, more commonly, I am uh, known as MG Preacher on TikTok. And you can also follow me on Instagram at MGPreacherMark2. Oh, and uh, I also play uh, Darak Valgard in uh, the Call of the Deep campaign, the uh, Azamar Paladin. Thank you, thank you. Next up, this man has many roles here at the D&D Vitri production. Um, <laughs> without him, I would be lost. But uh, JVL, go ahead and give your speech to the peoples. <laughs> I appreciate that. And the, the fact that you handed me the map to keep you on track so you wouldn't get lost is always nice until I throw it in the river. Old reference there. 
No. Uh, my name is uh, John Van Luling. I am playing a human being. Uh, I am the semic hybrid druid of the waifs uh, in this campaign. Uh, and um, you can find me online either at at the JV Lexicon or negative H13. Uh, and, uh, yeah, nothing really other than these couple of things going on right now. For the most part, we get some things working behind the scenes, but we'll see how this goes. All right, Mikey, your turn to get lost. No, don't leave me here. I can't get lost, but I will probably on my own accord. Speaking of getting lost, next person up to introduce themselves is the one and only John C. You threw the map, you threw the map in the river. You threw the map in the river. Let's talk Let's about what I had to do for all of us. It's our own thing. Leave me alone. Let's pick the camera for 45 minutes and talk about the map. Uh, it's like a Rick and Morty so, thing. Sorry. <laughs> it basically, it's a Rick and Morty thing just years beforehand. Mm. My name is John Crosswhite. I'm an improviser, an actor, and voiceover guy. Uh, I also teach at too many colleges. Uh, I am on the TikTok. I haven't posted in a while. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus because the algorithm got me angry at one point. Uh, but I do have a few things coming down the pike, and, I'm, and I will happily plug them once they solidify into an actual piece of matter and not just imagination floating around in in the ether. Which, a lot of words there. That was far more articulate than I needed to be. I'm going to go. Well, before you go, would you like to tell the lovely peoples who you play in this campaign? Oh, yeah, who I actually am. Yeah, uh, I... Oh, God, I'm forgetting the, the sweetheart's name from the tavern. But that was a lot of fun. What was the... Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. Well, a lot of NPCs. I've been a lot of NPCs so far, <laughs> uh, which has been a blast. Most recently, I have been Fila. Mm-hmm. Her, my, my own character's name, right? Fila, who is sort of a... Uh, uh, believes in the Great Dagon and has sort of broken away from the faith a little bit and has some other subtext things going on underneath. And uh, there's a few other characters eventually you will meet, which I'm very, very excited for us to meet. But we're not there yet. We're not part of that arc just yet. <laughs> I am so excited. I cannot wait. But, of course, last but not least to be joining us tonight is the one and only Amador. Hello, I'm Amador, your friendly neighborhood goblin who plays Corvus, our uh, arcane archer in this campaign. Also, about myself... There's nothing. I don't do anything. I just play D and D. That's it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, let's get the show on the road, guys. You gotta call yourself an enthusiast or something. Don't just say you do nothing. Be have a passion oh. about what you're passionate about doing. Nothing, right? Like put something underneath it. Uh, I'm a thinker. How about that? We'll go with that. You're a, philo- you're a philosophical person when it comes to D&D. <laughs> eh, we love to see it. Yes. And tonight we actually have a guest joining us tonight. Uh, you are going to be hearing a lot more of this individual as the next arc of this campaign takes off. But I'm going to let him introduce himself. So, Wesley, introduce yourself to the lovely people. Hi, I'm Wesley. I'm the new guy, and I'm going to be doing some things that Mike and I have talked about, but I don't want to get too far into it now. We'll, just, uh, we'll play it close to the vest right now. Don't you know? It's like, 
Oh, I cannot wait. But yes, unfortunately, tonight we are missing one of our players. Uh, Jace cannot be here tonight. But you can follow him on TikTok at JC Vanguard. Uh, go show him some love. And he is playing Tidak, our sorcerer fighter, fighter sorcerer, dragonborn, uh, pain in the ass with the psionic wings and his psionic breath. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> love him to death. He's a forcerer. <laughs> He's a forcerer. So jeez. Uh, that likes the poke things. Which we'll get into a little bit later because... <laughs> yeah, that's a very nice way of putting it. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Well, he uh, never asks permission thing. either. He just kind of does it, which is kind of wrong. It is really wrong. Doesn't even take him out to like dinner first. No, and oh my gosh. You're asleep and it's weird and you roll over and you're like... All right, now we've gone from phrasing to phasing. <laughs> It's just Wait, the fact so, he sticks he sticks his hands so far up inside bracelets and like little ringlets and rings. It's just it's really hard to get him out of there. Uh, we'll get into that whole mess because for me, narratively, that was beautiful. But I know that that's going to cause some that's definitely causing some problems, which it kind of already has. But that is a good segue into what tonight is all about. So if you are joining us from the last episode, we have just concluded the first chapter of this campaign, Arc 1, Chapter 1, however you want to call it. But the first portion of the campaign is in the books. And my god, have these lovely individuals rocked every single moment leading up to this. But we're going to spend tonight's episode going over everything that has transpired so far in our campaign, and then also give them a chance to ask me or other players questions and kind of uh, do a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, I am so excited. Oh, very nice pun right there. Nice deep dive because we're in the call of the deep. See what I did there? Ah, I see <laughs> what you did there. Huh? I'm uh, learning, you guys. <laughs> came off. It came out very swimmingly. <laughs> Silent but deadly? What? <laughs> it came off great silence on the podcast <laughs> so as you can tell listening audience tonight's going to be a little more chaotic but if you stuck with us this long you enjoy our brand of chaos it is a great time but shall we get started then so i would say for call this whole entire first chapter breaking it down into pieces I think from leaving Neverwinter when you guys first met up on the ship leading up to the discovery of potential human traffickers is a good starting point with there, I guess. I don't know. But I've actually, this is my first question leading into this arc. So I've asked some of you, but I just realized I've never fully asked everybody uh, this question. But, um, and anyone can answer this question, honestly. I'd like to know exactly where the inspiration came from for some of your character choices that you guys made. Because when we did character creation to the first actual session where we actually did RP and stuff like that, I had no clue as to what was going to happen. And then y'all have surprised me with character choices. So it was lovely. But I want to know exactly what inspirations did you guys draw from for your characters so i guess you know what since he was the last to go in the introductions he shall be first amador i'm curious like what were some of your inspirations for corvus 
So, okay. Uh, so a couple things. At, so at the time, uh, I'm a little bit of a, of a anime buff. I, I like anime. I watch a lot of anime. We're a little bit weebish here. Um, so at the time, I was taking my time watching Hunter Hunter. And in Hunter Hunter, one of the trials is like this whole cooking thing. And I was like, wow, that would be a great character concept. And then I was like, you know what race I haven't played ever and I've always wanted to because I've played small races pretty much all the time. Um, so I was like, it works out. I'll make my first goblin, this kind of uh, cook chef kind of guy and uh, kind of roll with it. And it's pretty pretty much there. And then I was like, I don't know his personality. I don't know how he's going to act. And uh, yeah, I just kind of just free balled it from there, if you will. For those of us who are fellow weeds, are you talking about the second phase of the Hunter license exam? The first phase. Oh, the first phase was the run. Oh, yeah, the second phase then, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I love it. It was just like, we have someone who knows. We know. <laughs> I am more, well, I mean, everyone has interested me in this regard, but JVL, like, from concept to performance-wise, like, I just saw the evolution of you. So... I'm just going to give you the floor, so go for it. My, there's a lot with him um, in general, but basically the, the, the nitty gritty of it is like, I wanted to play around with a Lovecraftian type of character in D&D that would be kind of strange, but not evil and not like out to kill anything. But then again, most culted members and everything else in, in, in Lovecraftian stuff don't think they're evil. They think they're bringing about the, the best thing in the world. But I wanted to play a reformed member of that who's like gone down the, the rabbit hole of it so far that he changed himself into the Simic hybrid, which is a deep one, basically, of it to become the, the, the servant of Dagon. But he's not like your typical one. He's not like, you know, like, I will serve everything. He's literally like a mix of Abe Sapien and Hans Lanza from, you know, uh, Inglorious Bastards for the voice. And then um, like, not Mr. Magoo, but just like, like that kind of character who's just like, I'm out there. I'm going to spread the word. It's going to be fine. Everything's fine. And then when he gets intense, it's really, really, really disturbing because not only does he look weird, but he's normally not intense. He's just kind of like, I'm going to do these things. And then for my own sif, I always have to give myself a thing whenever I play a character in D and D or anywhere else. Like it's part of the, my Trinity of like, you know, voice uh, action and thing to do like and john knows what i'm talking about with this like on stage like if i, if I get stuck i have something to go back to like if it's i'm snapping whatever it is this like a reinve is reinvesting right reinvesting in the exactly yeah. My, yeah my talisman my reinvestment thing and for him it's creating these sat sopping wet pamphlets he just continues to make them to, to, to put the good word out and they're wet because they, they, they come from the sea his knowledge is from the sea he needs them to be completely of the sea so you're Can getting we, a sopping okay. piece of paper exactly let's talk about that real quick because that has that little bit has evolved so much throughout oh, the course yeah. of this game because we started with that and then at some point i forgot who but someone mentioned now is it the regular pamphlet or are you giving them the children's version of it so there that was, was partially there was a crayon one, right? Yep. Yeah. A, that's the children's one that's like done on just two sides. It's not like the full fold over. <laughs> um, it also has a maze and a, a a word jumble on it that he changes up week to week, but that's beside the point. Um, then there's the, the adult one, which is like a trifold, unless he's giving you the full on one, which is like the, the book of Dagon, which is like a fully wet sopping, like 
stapled together pamphlet thing, but we haven't gotten to those yet. We haven't had like real big believers. He was going to give one to Fila at some point, but he hasn't done that yet. Um, but the, the, uh, the children's one came from, I was talking to our cleric and like we were exchanging, he wanted to know about, uh, Dagon and stuff like that. So I was going to hand him a pamphlet and Amador came in and made the joke. Like, is this the children's pamphlet or the adult pamphlet? Because our cleric could play it. So like childlike. So I just like, went with him. Like, yeah, it's the children's pamphlet. It's got illustrations. It's got the stuff to do. You're not, you can sit at a table in a restaurant and continue to do it. It's like a place, man. Color in Dagon, you know, all that good stuff. It's like a maze to enlightenment, like this whole Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a maze through the sea to the bottom to the opening crack to the water dimension. Like, it's all that stuff. It gives you like three crowns and they're all like different shades of the color blue. Exactly. And on top of that, you can use the map and all the stuff on it to actually dive down to where you need to go to meet Dagon in his realm. Like, I'm not just hiding it. It's not like a thing for kids. Like, you can go there. Oh my gosh! But that—that's where I came from. It's just something fun to play. A, a voice I hadn't done in forever that I wanted to do, which was basically me doing a version of Christoph Waltz mixed with um, uh, Werner Herzog because I wanted to. Oh my god, that's exactly it. what that is. <laughs> yeah, and just basically doing that—it's it's the odd pronunciations and stuff. That's what I want to do, and it's been fun. I hope I've made it fun for everybody else. But goddamn it, I'm having fun doing it. Honestly, like I said, when from where we started to where we are now, just the progression to see Hugh has gone in the direction. And like I told everyone when we first started this, and even for the newer players when we met to do character creation, I'm like, just go for it. Whatever concept you want to do, just go for it. I'm okay with whatever. I'm just here for a good time, just as like the rest of you. And you guys have created some amazing characters, but speaking of newer players, this one's a little bit more interesting because there are th- three of you. <laughs> so those were the two players that have been here since the jump, since z- session zero. They have been the ride or die. And the rest of you are the newly ride or die. Like you guys have. You all will ride this and die inside of us. It will be wonderful. Mm, again, phrasing, but <laughs> everyone's face on the Discord just went. I know it's just like, mm, like what? Mm. <laughs> but so we're, we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot a little bit. But same question, we're gonna start with uh, our good old Fedin. Um, I know we briefly when we did character creation, we briefly talked about it, but I never asked any follow-up questions because I'm like, I want to see where this goes for a little bit. So, Josh, um, what were some of the inspirations behind uh, creating Fedin, and, like, what inspirations did you pull for him? So, Fedin, every D&D player, every D&D DM has a list of character ideas they come up with. And there's this list of these things I want to try, these things I want to do this one time. And you always hear about the badass ex-adventurer tavern owner. I'm like, what would his grandson look like when he was the old adventurer, when he had never gone on the big, long adventure? And you know, that translates into, well, what race does a really great job of adventuring when they're already grandparents. That's elves and dwarves. So I went with a dwarf, and I, I could do a, a bit of a Gaelic accent for an elf, 
but I decided instead that I would go a bit more Scottish Baroque. And so a nice resounding dwarf, a dwarven grandfather, yes, okay. Now I need something, something of a name, something that is dwarvish. Oh, well, that's a good word for iron. Dwarves work with iron. A ferrous metal, ferrin. Yes, he's ferrin. Ferrin, the grandfatherly dwarf. He, he always has a couple of good berries to hand to people, so he had to be a ranger or a druid. And instead of handing out Werther's original butterscotch, he hands out good berries. I love the toffee inside my teeth. <laughs> I, I still think it should be butterscotch. I still think really it should sure. be Werther's original. No, Do you make them in your own kettle in the back there as you're carrying it, or are you just like shitting out Werther's as we go along? I don't know how dwarves work. So he has a bracelet that instead of being braided out of vines is mistletoe. And so his bracelet is literally how he makes all these good berries. Like mistletoe, 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 mistletoe. So the the component for go ahead. Mistletoe is a parasite. It's growing into your skin and flesh. No, it's been harvested and dried. But a sprig of mistletoe is the physical component for goodberry. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. It's you have to have a parasitic plant and a sprig of it in order to make a berry and. Mistletoe berries are actually poisonous to humans. Right, yeah. But that's what the berry comes from, is you take the sprig of a plant that is literally named bird shit. I'm sorry. That's what mistletoe means, flying shit. Mistletoe (laughs) means flying shit? Yes, because the Norse used to watch birds land and poop on branches, and mistletoe would grow there because birds can eat the berries and it doesn't kill them. I'm going to misuse so this it means for the rest of my life. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it, yes. it mistletoe. Bird shit. Flying shit. <laughs> so, yes, he uses a bracelet made of dried mistletoe twigs to create these good berries that he hands out every day like candy to anybody traveling with him. And that was just kind of where it came from was a little bit of... <laughs> Reaching out and saying, this one character that I've wanted to do forever and a day. Let's go ahead and pull him off the shelf and see what he turns into. Yeah, you just made the holiday season a whole lot weirder for me. My God. <laughs> Mikey, thank yes. you so much for inviting me to be part of this. Oh, of course. <laughs> Listen, like, here's the thing. And this kind of goes into my brain as a dungeon master of how I just figure out who do I want to add to the chaos that we have created so far? I mean, granted one we're friends. So I figured, you know, that barrier of entry for me of knowing who the actual player is, is a lot easier if I know the person beforehand. And so when I was like, Hey, um, do you want to be a part of this game? I know we're like a couple sessions already in, but I think you would be great. And honestly, it's been a blast watching all of you interact with each other in game and outside of game and just the banter that everyone has with each other. That is the most important part for me is, is that yes, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, but all this comes so naturally for you guys and you bounce off each other so well. So I'm just like, yes, good. (laughs) But it more than anything, it brings a smile to my face, but yeah, the dwarfing, grandfather 
character fed in. Yeah. The one thing and... I will the one thing I will admit that I kind of like that you just rolled with it is the captain of the ship that everyone was currently on. She tends to be she's a big fan of like his recipe book quote unquote and she've had a fangirl <laughs> moment and you just roll with it. You're just like, "Oh, sure, let me do this real quick." <laughs> It, it was it kind of caught me by surprise that somebody knows him, but it makes sense because he's been running a tavern for two hundred years. I mean, people's grandparents, grandparents in the human world may have stopped by and been welcomed by a random dwarf when other dwarfs were giving him the side stink eye and what are you doing here? It's the human? eleven herbs and spices. They know he's hiding something. Yeah. Are we creating D&D Kentucky Fried Chicken now? What is happening? No, it's Kentucky Fried Wavern. <laughs> the Touché. secret big wings. big wings. I hear there's bird shit in it. Cobalt Fried Chicken. Oh, wait, wait, never mind. How old is <laughs> Fedin then? Fedin is how old? Farron is 295 years old. He has three generations of children. His wife passed away 52 years ago. And so he is a widower and out exploring the world after he gifted his family tavern to his granddaughter, youngest granddaughter, on the event of her wedding. Is her name Karen? I actually have not come up with a name for her yet, but that's probably a pretty good one. As long as your character didn't do the George Foreman thing and name all of your children Ferrin, like all of them are named, <laughs> so there's just thousands and thousands of thousands of Ferrins where you come from? No. Oh my goodness, but yeah, so... I am Ferrin Jr., the 52nd. <laughs> the 52nd? Oh, no. <laughs> 50, oh, I'm not as good as 50, but 50 seconds. I, I mean, uh, there's like 100 middle children. What are you going to do? Oh, gosh. But yeah... Junior, I mean, Junior, that'd be a stupid name. I can't. <laughs> That's but, my brother's name. Oh my goodness. It's... When you presented Fedin to me, I was just like, I really love this idea and I want to see how we evolve from it. And like I said, you guys have knocked it out of the park every single time. I'm just like, I get to be, I get the awesome privilege of getting to witness all this. So it's, I'm happy to have you here, man. Like Fedin is a great character. You are an awesome player. It's just, it's a good time all around. So I'm glad that you said yes to this crazy idea. <laughs> I'm like, can you play, please? <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, and every I said thanks to Mikey, but to all you guys, really, it's been an awesome privilege to be here, and thank you for an amazing season one. And now oh, yeah. we're ending. We're never going to do it again. It's completely <laughs> done. I'll Stop. see you guys next Stop. year. Roll the credits. Uh-uh. See, I all did right. not... Where's, where's production babies? Hold on. <laughs> I did not put in months of writing just for it to end here. That was just like, that's a poor cliffhanger. But, you yeah. like most writers in Hollywood. <sighs> well, I mean, I like live in... my first uh, session I ever played in with my friends back home. We got to, like, this second encounter, and it just stopped. Died. It died. That's a thing. And again, one little bit gets sent to jail, so that... that <laughs> Oh, doing D and D through correspondence might be a pain in the ass. So I'll give you that. Oh, hey, hey, hey Michael, I have a question. As somebody who has done play by post before, D and D by correspondence is absolutely a pain in the ass. 
That would be insane. Every time you got to your friend's turn who was in jail, like they had to send a letter on what they rolled the day you sent them the letter. Like that would be really That would take ever. But Amador, you had a question? I have a question to kind of play off that whole uh, it ending after now. Did you ever have like a fear? Was there ever a moment in us playing from June to now where you're like, I don't think this is going to keep going. I think everyone's schedule is kind of fucky right now and this might be the end of Call of the Deep. So, <sighs> okay. So, I mean, we're all, I'm all about being transparent. So, there was a brief moment where I did think uh, potentially it may have ended abruptly. To give a little bit of context, so before starting this campaign, my goal setting out for this is I would like to. Given if life decided to work with me, I would like to see a campaign that I run actually from beginning to end have its full entire story being told and then having a starting point and actually have a ride to the finale. Because prior to this, as uh, some people know, Amador was witness to this. Prior to pandemic, I had just started DMing, so I created a campaign using the... Uh, Ravnica source book from Wizards of the Coast and Amador was a player in that when we were actually allowed to play in person and then uh, pandemic hit and that campaign kind of died <laughs> for good reason and then I briefly started a- another campaign I was running um, Waterdeep the module book for it and I got to like four sessions but with that one, and thankfully my players didn't hate me afterwards, I written story so far, but I didn't like where it was going. And just as a creative, I was just like, it's like a script writer. I'm like, I looked at it, I thought it was great. And the more I read into it, I'm like, I don't like how this is turning out. And that's not on my players, this is on me. Because I did, at that point when I was running those campaigns, I was still inexperienced with writing, running the game, all that stuff. I was kind of just... Frankensteining things together to see what fits. And so I told my players, I'm like, hey, you know, it's not you guys. This is all on me. And if you get upset with me, I totally understand. But I'm going to cancel this game because I can't in good faith promise that it's going to be a good story. And I was honest. I was like, I'm still inexperienced with a lot of things. So I need to take a step back, work on some things, work on my craft, get better at writing and things like that, and then we'll see what we go from there. Fast forward to all this, and I felt like I was in a position, I'm like, I think I'm a little bit better than I was before, but let's see where this goes. So things started off great. The biggest hurdle for me was when players started dropping because of personal reasons, which, you know, life happens, things like that. But once I started losing players, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Because uh, not I had... More so side stories kind of worked out for characters based on the conversations I had with those players. So now I'm like, shit, now I got to rework some things here. Behind the scenes, I'm like scrambling. I'm like, I got to still make this work. And I think at some point, and it was actually you, JVL, when we had a conversation and we were talking about improv, I'm like, you know what? Let's just see where that goes. So honestly, everything up to this point has been I have my major plot points down. But whereas before everything was listed in detail, I'm just like, here are the major plot points. Let's see how these characters get to these plot points and we'll adapt from there. And honestly, it's made 
honestly, it's made me a better DM, in my opinion. You guys present things to me, and I just kind of roll with it. I just got to make sure when I come up with names on the spot, I write them down because my memory is shite. So I need to make sure I remember certain things. But once players started dropping, I did get a little worried. I'm like, this cannot be the third game that gets canceled. I cannot do this to my players. And that's my biggest thing. But thankfully, you know, once players started dropping, I'm like, I need to reach out to friends here because I want this to continue because I'm having too much fun. And it's not fair to everyone else who's still here for me to be like, well, it, you know, we're losing numbers. So sorry, guys, games canceled. I'm like, I cannot do that again. I... I had a crisis of self when I got to that point. I was like, I cannot do this to them. That's not fair to them. And I need to find a way to make this work. And thankfully, I have enough good friends who decided to say yes to this. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, just come on for a little bit. Or, hey, I'm free. What What are you doing? I'm like, yes, get over here. I need your help. And to, but, to, give, you, to give you more credit, like, what you've taken on is not easy in any way. You're running a company of well, just not only this campaign, but of various other campaigns and projects and other things. All of that. So you have so many moving pieces that you're trying to juggle. So of course there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup here and there, but your your perseverance is incredibly honorable. Like there's nothing easy about what you've done, and it's and we're still here. It's working. <laughs> there's something fun about it right so i mean that's that's a testament to you and what and what you believe in as i don't want to say director because that's not what i mean but sort of like steering the ship it's it's lovely work that you're doing i mean and you have a day job on top of it so yeah you're I mean... a teacher <laughs> we love yeah Mike. he does way too much for all of us and we appreciate him wholeheartedly yes yes i appreciate that and it means a lot I don't I'm trying to remember if I said this publicly on record, but here we go anyways. But watch all out, this... folks. We don't no, these views do not reflect <laughs> the views of all of the rest of us on the podcast. These are the views of Mikey on himself. We just distance ourselves completely from this. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but in all seriousness, D D Vibe Tribe Productions mostly stemmed from selfishly because I was at this point when this idea was kind of in the back burner. I was in some campaigns and different games and I was enjoying myself and then one by one they disintegrated for yeah. ver- for a variety of reasons <laughs> which was no one's fault and I don't hold anyone I don't hold it against anyone cuz life happens things are things get crazy but selfishly I'm like I'm getting tired of all the games I'm into be uh canceled and or disintegrated so I'm like you know what I'm going to run some games, grab some friends, and we're going to have a good time and see what happens. Little did I know that this would, that little idea would turn into what it is now. It is a lot of work. I moving pieces, as you know, John C said. But as much work as it has been, and as tired as I get, balancing all that and a day job and a family as well. Honestly, this is probably the most excited I've been about any passion project that I have done in the short 28 years I've been on this planet. And for me, that idea of I just started this because I wanted to run games because I got tired of games being canceled evolved into more of I just want to have a good time with friends. And I think that's why all the work I've been doing 
And despite me being tired, it really hasn't felt like work because fun has been at the forefront versus actually trying to make this an actual business. If it does become that, then that's just an extra bonus. But I just wanted an excuse to grab some friends, record all the shenanigans that happens in these games, and just, you know, share it with people who may or may not be interested and hopefully inspires them to, you know, run their own games or to do something. I just wanted to have a good time. And also, too, I want to elevate the amazing friends that I do know and get your guys' recognition out there because you guys are amazing people. And I want your work and the things that you're doing on the side to be elevated as well. So that's another reason why I did all this. But yes, to go back to the original question, yes, there was at some points where I thought this campaign would uh, end. But thankfully, I have amazing friends who made sure that that it didn't happen. <laughs> We just showed up. You did all the work. And on top of all the work that you're doing, you're teaching my dumbass all the mechanics of D&D, so. So, actually, that's a nice segue, because that you're the next character that I kind of wanted to go into. So, uh, Dedek is an interesting case, because prior to all this, we still had a good chunk of players, and I'm like, I just want to add one more person. And then when we started talking, Josh, you're just like, I'm letting you know right now, I have n very little experience with Dungeons and Dragons. So if everyone is cool with that, then, you know, that's fine. And honestly, I don't think it has shown, if we're being completely honest, like, you're doing great. You know, we're still learning together. In all honesty, I think you're f the fear of you with, when you told me that you felt like you would be holding the party back since you're still learning the system. I honestly don't think has really been a big problem. And I think that goes to the testament of how these guys are amazing players and they, ele we, they elevate you when you do stuff instead of getting mad at you when you're like, hey, hang on, I got to check something real quick, things like that. But yeah, at the time when you when you asked me to be a part of this, I'm not joking. I had maybe, that's a big maybe, two weeks of tabletop RPG experience. Literally. I wouldn't even say two weeks. Maybe a week and a half experience. So. Oh, you, you fooled me. You, I, I didn't know that. You were doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest bonus I had when it came to this apparently was because ever since i was in shoot i guess high school i had a very very active imagination and so once i got up into later on in junior high school and then high school in high school i actually started to try and write my own fantasy novel and the main character of that novel is the the character that i'm playing in uh call of the deep and so i'm like like, well, why not just use this character? I, I know this character already, so why not? Now, with Dedic, your case of getting you involved into the main plot was not necessarily a large task, but so the audience listening to this doesn't know this, and actually my players don't really know this, but this is going to be an exclusive, but... Exclusive. <laughs> so right, I, 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 I'll put you crying under this again. Good. I, I just mark that for the the recording. Just okay. Mikey's gonna be crying under it. 
<laughs> Jeez. Forget you too. Love you. Anyways. So behind the scenes, because at this point, when Dedek made his entrance onto the ship, when you had the Saugan ambush the ship that you were on during the storm, and then uh, Dedek just Star Wars his way in, <laughs> falling from the sky. Hello there. Oh, it was great. Prior to that, me and Josh had a quote-unquote session zero where we kind of did a little bit of narrative purpose getting Dedic and Prince, our penguin NPC. We will talk about him in a little bit because I am loving the reaction <laughs> that Penguin Boy has gotten. It's great drama. I love it. But anyways, behind the scenes, we did a session zero where we kind of gave Dedek the reason as to why he would be on this ship anyways. So him and Prince were sent on this mission without giving too much detail away. There was some culty shit that got involved. There was a fight. And that is when the vision of the, you know, Silver Sea that some of you guys had recently actually began. So Dedek and Prince were the first two to have that with the little fish idol, which has continued to be a thing now. So I've taken that idea and still continued with it. But and unfortunately, the sucky thing was is because I was still inexperienced about technology at the time. We didn't get a chance to record it, but it was a good time. I think so. But Josh... I mean, other than the um, active imagination, why don't you, because you really haven't talked to, besides me, you really haven't told anyone some of the inspiration for Dedic. so why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a little more detail as how Dedic came to be, like, what were some inspirations for you? Honestly, um, Mikey, you know, I've, uh, I've been a, a Christian my whole life, and so one of my favorite things about uh, reading the Bible is all the incidences of uh, archangels, uh, specifically uh, Gabriel and and Michael, and so I basically took the thought of, of the just absolutely badass angel, and at the time I was also really into different like mythologies and uh uh all these, these different fantasy games and movies that come out. So I'm like, hmm. I take this concept and I can put it into this concept now that I know that there's an actual class that's like that I'm going to go with that and the the characteristics of uh, of Darek uh, like the way he looks and everything, uh, how he's built and everything, the his characteristics, uh, his mannerisms and everything. I basically said, "Okay, let's take me, but make myself so much better." It's like this is what I would like to be, not this, this. And also at the time. One of my favorite movies was Braveheart, so I'm like, I could try and give him like a thick Scottish accent if I wanted to. So, Archangel plus Braveheart 
plus me only so much better. And that's basically how I came up with the concept uh, concept for Darek. I love it. And I remember having this conversation with you too. I think for me, and this is just to give a little insight, the very few times I actually get to be a player and said things, when I make a character, I kind of take different, I'm kind of the same way. I take different aspects of myself and I'm just like, okay, let's elevate this and see what happens. And everyone's a little bit different, but I always make my characters have a little bit of personality to me and inject it or and then just amplify it and just go over the top with it. So it's Dedic and doing that session zero and then kind of coming up with all the backstory stuff and everything off, you know, when sessions aren't happening has probably been a lot very fun for me only because it gives me an I you know time to be creative and to just throw batshit crazy ideas and see you know if you want to go with that and then the ideas you give me just elevates everything even better and that's something that all of you guys have which I love is is that when I throw ideas at you or when you give it to me just the amount of creativity that comes from it and then a lot of the back and forth that you guys give me Honestly, all the cool moments that have happened in the campaign so far and everything that has transpired in this first arc honestly is driven by you guys. The ideas, your choices, everything that you guys put into this and I'm kind of just I'm just sitting back and just shaping the story according to what you guys are giving me and it has been some of the funnest things that I have done recently. Because it has allowed me to be super creative, be like, okay, let's throw this at them, or ooh, they're going this way. Let's see what happens if I put this element in. So I'm just basically, you guys are my Lego pieces. I'm just moving everything around to try to build something out of it, and you guys have knocked out of the park. Now, let's get to our last current cast member. So, uh, Crossway, your introduction to the game was very interesting to say the least. <laughs> Only yeah, because, <laughs> only yeah, why because, would you say that? Well, so okay, so I'm gonna give a little backstory here because I think it deserves <laughs> to be told. Because I've know most of the players here I've gotten to know over the last two, three years, and they are amazing. So, the funny thing was with Crosswith here, uh, <laughs> Professor, as we call uh, him. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I was, I had a fanboy moment. I was just like, Aww. I really like this. Initially, I was just like, I like this guy's content. His storytelling is amazing. And at this point, I remember I was just like, I need another player. I need. Let's see. And I just took a shot of the dark. I remember I DM'd you, and I was just like, Hey, feel free to say no. I know you're busy, and plus you got more followers. But I like your work. Uh, and I see that you. And what actually got me to ask you if you wanted to play was I, you made a video be like, yeah, I played D&D and like you were telling stories of it. I was like, ooh, let me try long shot, but let's see what happens. I shoot you a DM. Hey, I'm doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like you probably don't have time or whatever, but would you want to? And I was just like, he's probably not going to. I'm like, it's fine. Like, it's cool. Like in I was typical self, Mikey self depreciating way. You know, what's going to do this for no, me. No one's yeah. going to listen. 
So <laughs> normally I wouldn't even try, but I was like, the worst he could say is no, but I've got to sh shoot my shot here and see if he wants to be a part of this. <laughs> and not even like a minute later, you messaged me back. Crazy. He's just like, just tell me when. I'm like, are you kidding me? Aww. Well, when you, when you write your text and it sounds like Eeyore talking in my head, it's hard to say <laughs> no to you, Mikey. You're so sad and self-deprecating. Why? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was, no, I, I, there's another campaign that I had been playing for two years at the time, which is still kind of sort of going. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to cheat on you with them, but it was it was exactly that. It was like, I need to be, I, I'm sort of stumped creatively. I want to try something new. Anyway. Uh, and eventually, Plus you have and, an EOR fetish, so. <laughs> exactly. It's just, you know, I maybe I have a thing. Oh, oh I gotta be careful, because this podcast will live forever. I almost said a lot of things that would get me fired. Save that for the Patreon. Tell me when to say it. So, <laughs> I'm editing this thing. You can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> um, no, because you had you had approached it to me about like, hey, it can be some NPCs, and in my head, I was like, oh, I just get to improvise and fuck around. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do for a while now. I, that would be a great opportunity. And you sent me some character stuff, which was really lovely, and had a lot of um, you had done the homework. I think that's what it was. Is I wanted to see what homework you had done. If you just sent me, you know, stick figures in a few sentences, I would have been like, yeah, maybe not. But you had like a book of work that you sent me. Like, Here's everything I've done. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. So when I sent you some initial voiceover stuff and some takes on things, uh, it felt like a legit audition. Like, oh, yeah, I'm auditioning for Mikey. Yeah, OK, I'm going to send this stuff in. Sure. So I'm I'm I took it. I mean, I took it as an opportunity to play, which it's become. And I'm and I've and I've relished in it because i have no outlet and you can't see this bad podcasting i'm in a closet by myself like i needed outlets at the time <laughs> like i needed to do something more than that um but it's been a blast now that you put it in that perspective yeah it did feel like an audition process which was it was you hit me <laughs> up i was like yeah can you send me some stuff it's like yeah here's my email what do you want me to record oh just riff on some things okay i'll send you some weird shit bye <laughs> Then you sent me some weird shit, and immediately I was like, I fucking love this. <laughs> <laughs> but I that's think right. that's that's the thing is, is like, I, I know when people, like, I can sense creative people when I see them, and I was just like, I already liked your content that you were putting on TikTok, and, you know, like I said, I, shot, I mean, shoot my shot, sent you a DM, be like, hey, do you want to do some NPC work? Like, because at that point, I was just like, I'm god-awful at NPCs, I don't have any formal training i'm kind of just making it up as i go along let me find someone who is actually good at it to elevate it for my players that was my initial mindset i was just like i suck at this so let me see if i can find someone who's better at it and it has turned into a learning lesson for me too because i'm absorbing everything and i'm trying to incorporate it and be better as a dungeon master for it you've done and and again testament to you you've done a beautiful job at casting this whole thing i can't picture anyone else doing all these roles like everyone's what the work that has come to the table, you've created an ensemble, which is more than just casting a campaign. That's even harder than I think you think you might know. So your ignorance is bliss in this, in this instance. <laughs> as People someone very who's hard done, yeah, sorry, you're, sorry, you're finished. Go ahead. I was going to say, as somebody who's done the DM thing in a couple of settings, yeah, that's something every DM fights with, is am I doing a good enough job of NPCing all this? Especially with some of the really big name <coughs> DMs that have hit the uh, ah. main screen lately. 
sure. that have kind of made us all feel a little bit of the imposter syndrome as DM. So you are not alone and you're doing a wonderful job. Indeed. And also people work long and hard to try to cast any type of like partial ensembles that work together well. You've created a, a ground, a very fertile ground for us to pull from and work from where we feel open enough to do what we want, but also we know there are limits. We don't go so far off the rail that we're literally murdering each other in our sleep yet. So, I mean, we think about it. It gets close. Well, just I, you and me, John. I know <laughs> you guys think about it, but I was just like, no, we cannot be murdering each other in the, in each other's sleep. That's Please don't murder each other. <laughs> we Why? don't go to enough places to be murder hobos. We just murder people at this point. Murder hobos? And I turn them into spaghetti. I mean, Have you I... never heard that term, John? No, it just sounded like a metal band. It sounds like a Oh, fantastic. that is a metal band. That's a D&D really? term for most parties I get into where it's like, I just want to be in combat all the time. So we're going to go out and kill everybody we come across. You become murder hobos. Oh, yeah. I've, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we ride the rails and murder dragons. Hooray. Uh, this this little scratch on this fence most means there's a lot of people to kill. Oh, I'll just stab them in the neck. <laughs> nice to meet you, Death. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I was not... and this. Every DM has their trepidations. I was just like, this is going to be the first time everybody's playing together like this and this kind of thing. I'm like, let's just start out slow and kind of figure things out, which, yeah, we'll get into in a little bit. But some of the choices that have been made have been great, but also have left me puzzled at certain points. But I'm like, okay, just roll with it. But yeah. Crossway, your introduction, you, you initially just started out as NPC duty, and I was like, eh, I have this one NPC, he's kind of the right hand to the king of this island, I was like, do you want to play? And he's like, yeah. So when you sent me, I went and pulled it up while we were talking just now, you sent me a sheet of about, I don't know, 12 or 13 characters here. Uh, and the first game, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to, uh, I don't know. The first, I don't know if it was the first or second character I got to. All I had to do was go, Hi, hello, you need this? That's all I had oh to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> took everyone's brain. Hello. That, that was a real character. And you all heard it in your sleep for like a week. It was, and that was like, Oh, I'm hooked. This is great. I just oh, get to mess with people. It's not just in our sleep. I've brought it up multiple times since then. We're just few out of nowhere, just, Hello. Do you need this? <laughs> And see, that was the one thing that I wasn't anticipating to happen. But again, one of the beautiful things about just tabletop RPGs in general, that has become a running bit, and I have loved every single moment of it. And what's what's a sort of a blessing, in the, and this is for anyone who's done improv work, and, and I'm sure you all speak to this, is sort of some of these characters you don't always get to revisit. What's been a blessing is that I get to go back. Some of these characters are canon now. Like they can come back again. It's like, oh, I remember this person. Oh my god! Instead of it living in that ephemeral, it disappears forever place. I can call upon it, but it'll never be the same sort of thing. Uh, the same as uh, Caspian, the weird-looking cat creature that just created this. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> and it's Asbag. Yeah, I don't know if that character is ever going to come back, but if it does, I'm really excited. <laughs> Asbag is forever now immortalized in this thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for that guy. Hey, that guy is still one of the funniest organic moments so, I've had ever in improv land. So next episode, we're definitely going to talk about some of the favorite moments because I have, <laughs> I want, listen, that whole bit was ridiculous and that nonsensical guy, and I loved guy, it. Some of it's your that fault. Guy. And what I mean by that is 
if you don't tell crazy asses like me where to go, I'm just going to go. And all you said was he runs a fight pit. Okay, he runs a fight pit. What happens in the fight pit? Yeah, like... So and that was the one thing when I sent you that NPC sheet. Like, I kid you not. You're just like, yeah, send me some stuff. I'm like, okay. And then I spent like a couple days. So I'm like, I need to make this right. Because in my head, and I think it was just me at that point where we were in the campaign. I was just like, this is a legit person who has agreed to give this little game a shot to do NPC duty. I was just like, I need to take this seriously because I'm not going to give like I, I can't be half-assed about it i was like i need to make sure i do the work and when i sent it to you i'm like oh god did i do everything right is he gonna like it ah. that's very kind <laughs> the work you did was a perfect ladder and i just i've been climbing it ever since there's been lovely stuff in there and um, ever since you he joined and... this it it made me think of back in like junior high and high when i i used to love doing these random voices and and it turns out, since you joined, I'm like, oh my god, that, that's cool. And then I started goofing around trying to do different voices. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot how much fun this was. But unfortunately, yeah. a lot of my talents have just kind of disappeared. All I, it seems like all I can do is the voices of witches. Like, <laughs> hey! <laughs> I just, 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 just going yeah. to say that, find your thing. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll get work. Yeah, I was joking with Mikey with that, and I, and I literally just read off a couple of things from Macbeth, and it, Mikey was just like, "Oh my god, there you go." That's where it starts. If and that's, oh yeah, this is more voiceover stuff for the Patreon, but like the big voiceover actors that talk about characters and improv and stuff like that, you could pick any silly voice you want. If you could spit Shakespeare, if you could spit classical text in that consistent and like I understand you and you're playing with it. Now you're like, oh, now I'm acting. Now I'm on a path towards mm -hmm. something different. What's funny people talking like, about this, I just looked down. I forgot that a paper had fallen under my nightstand. It's a little piece of paper that I had the words written down on. Oh, the universe is listening to you, huh? Um, it's a slippery slope, though. You got to be careful because then you end up like someone like me where you're sitting on a couch with a puppet on one hand doing sit-ups and talking, saying Shakespearean lines in the puppet's voice. I mean, that's crazy. That's just you don't want to take your meds. That's all that is. Like you should, you should get that. Oh jeez, really disgusting. I mean, I I'm like not it. joking. I really want to just try to do this bullshit voice right now. It is do like... it. Do it. Okay. Do it. I have. What are we gonna do? Fire you? You're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I just Mikey, say like, one word. Him. I just hear you're fine. <laughs> Mikey, please don't fire that guy. <laughs> we just I got mean... him. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the early bird is done, and the battle is lost and won. Ah, play. That's you fantastic. sound like a Thundercats villain. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, you're perfect. That's Funimation shit right there. Let's go with the exactly. voice. Coming to I, a dub near you. How far, <laughs> yeah, right. How far, are you, how far are you from Dallas? Um... Quite a while. Quite a while. Okay. Well, like, I mean, I mean, day trip to their open call. They have an open call once or twice a year. I mean, 2020 shut that down a little bit. Yeah. I'm, go, go for it. Like, that's go, the thing. Go, have fun. Yeah, what do you have to the, lose? It's really funny that, not to tangent this, Mikey, and I know this isn't, but the idea that this is art. It's a game, but it, it breathes art. There's something artistic about kind of what this is. As another podcast says, it's just improv and math, right? Like it's, it's play. 
and the, all these little things that you would never think it shows different sides of you and then take them somewhere go audition for things send them out to anyone can do an audiobook anyone can audition for anything like just just kind of find it and play and i think you've you've created a lovely environment to do that which is which has justified me doing all kinds of goofy shit it's made your job harder because all of a sudden you have plot points that don't make sense and it's totally my fault <laughs> It's like, I don't think all that we get here, but exactly. See, wow, how did that happen? So, and then just to, I mean, continuing on with the addition analogy too. After you did all the NPCs, and you know, you're like, hey, when I asked you, hey, do you want to come back for another episode? And you're like, sure, just let me know when, and I'll let you know with schedule wise and everything. And after that, I was just like, I can't just relegate him to NPC duty. So then I took that big step. I was like, I mean, the worst he could say is no, but I felt a little more confident. I was just like, do you want to be a regular player in this? And you're just like, yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, did you really ask me? You just sent me a character sheet. You went, hey, John, do you want to play? He's like, oh, you've done the work already. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I, <laughs> honestly, that that is exactly how it happened. But I, think <laughs> I was overly excited. I was like, I have to ha keep him in this game because he's just... There's another dimension that you add and, you know, the dimension that we already had was great and you just elevated it. I was like, I have to have him because he is great to work with. You get along with everyone. You riff off all the characters really well. And I was just like, I need him to stay here because he elevates <laughs> it not just for my players, but for me, because getting to see you do your thing alongside everyone else is just like has been an awesome thing to watch and it has given me ideas and it has shown me how I can be a better storyteller. So I learn from each of you guys and I take bits and pieces and I try to incorporate it because my mindset is, is that there's no perfect DM out there and I'm far from it because I've only, I'm fairly young in the dungeon master spectrum. I mean, so I'm still learning to the truth. And this is, I think, <laughs> I think a few of us can speak to this. I don't want a perfect DM because that's probably boring as fuck. Right? Oh, fuck no. No, 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 nothing. no. Everyone's shaking their head no. on the Discord. No, why would not? <laughs> if it's perfect, right? Now you're kind of gatekeeping a game. Little mistakes make the games worth playing. Yeah, and we've made so many mistakes. <laughs> if you're listening that, to the book, that's where the gold comes from. I feel like that was that comment was directed towards me. <laughs> no, 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 wow, no. don't even know. Point no fingers at you. You're good. No. Go back and listen to the podcast. I've had a different name every time. I've messed oh, up yeah. so many things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that has been me. I'd be like, I don't remember this character's names, but we're going to go with this one today. Um, so, which is, I mean, that's the thing. but there's something lovely to that. As long as you, you, you find the consistency over time, right? There's no pressure to be like, I need to do this perfect every time. That's when it sucks. Like, there's nothing fun about that. Huh. Any theater show or acting you all do, any going to do or whatever it is. If you're, look, if you're trying to be perfect, probably gonna suck <laughs> the honest the honest good thing is i'm i'm I totally right there with you john the best stuff and the most important stuff happens when you make a mistake or something that happens that you're not planning happens and that's where you're going to follow that thread and it's going to be the best thing in the world you doing those voices falling into a game that you never thought of this is just perfect and mikey gives us the the realm ah. to do that and then when we're going too far far off base he'll prod us he'll, he'll shock us in the back a little bit like guys guys come on but then we keep going and it's fine yeah, like that time I said, he's not fighting one guy. He's not fighting two. I don't know. 
He's fighting uh, five, five different. I don't know what I was saying in that moment. It was just like, there's a family. Yes. And then you said five little dwarves walk out or gnomes or whatever. I was like, oh, my God, this got creepy as hell. Like, just, you know, sometimes you just accept it and get to play. Ah, this has been an improviser's dream. It was much needed. And honestly, to kind of conclude this little portion of this quote unquote fireside chat, that was my honestly my biggest goal, but also my biggest struggle too. I was just like, because as a dungeon master, there's only so much that on my end of things that I can do to make the game work. And the pieces that I was missing or the things I wasn't too sure of. You guys have filled those up, and it's just my biggest thing when I run a game, and this is true across all the you know games that I'm running for this round of the Vibe Tribe podcasts. I want it to be not just me running a game, and then you guys are just running around in it. I want it to be a collaborative story because that's where I draw. Most of my inspiration is I work better when I'm bouncing ideas off other people. I mean, I have the things that need to be taken care of in the story. But as I've done more of this and as I've been learning and kind of absorbing from all of you guys across all the games. I found that the improv style of dungeon mastering, the yes and I think has been probably i honestly think i found my style it's is that i do better when i have the plot points but you guys just fill in those added details or the missing pieces that i can't foresee of how it's going to go and you guys honestly without you guys this would just be an okay story but this is an amazing story because you guys have filled in the details with everything from the role playing to the interactions to the choices that you have made with your characters. Of course, as a dungeon master, there are a lot of things that I had to change along the way, but it's become, but it has never been like irritating to do so because you guys add that extra dimension and you elevate it and make it better. I so, mean, and not to not to teach a class here because I you call me professor and I talk too much. But this wait, idea, you not teach class. Really? I don't, I don't want to teach. No, please. I don't want to grade anything ever again. Ah. Um, I'm never going to retire. But this idea that it's I, it's sense of truth, right? You're we're finding things that are true, which is remarkable in just a in a ragtag band of DM D and D players that you pull together over a course of a few weeks under happenstance. Like everyone is starting to find things that are true. The true things kind of float to the top, and that's when you have to change course. You go, yeah, what I had was bullshit. This is the truth. And you just kind of feel it as you go. There's There's been a lot of moments I've observed watching everything else. Like, oh, yeah, that just happened. That's totally true. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with your hand. That's unfortunate. Or, yeah, you ate that. You're kind of, you're fucked. Yeah, okay, great. Or we're diving underwater now. Yeah, you're probably going to throw up. Yeah, that's true. Like, the things that are, are discovered there. Um, and that's, again, going back, it's not perfect. And it shouldn't be. Because if it was perfect and you were trying to say, okay, it's got to be this regimented da 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 you kill the game. Right? There's no way. That structure is freeing in a way. But, You're yeah. killing it. You're killing it, Mikey. <laughs> Ta- stop talking shit about yourself. This has been your Intro to Dramaturgy 101. <laughs> Moving on to. <laughs> Thank you for taking Theater 1. Theater 2 next fall.
Actually, that is a good segue. So I think that's going to conclude this portion of the fireside chat. We kind of talked about characters a little bit and then got into a little bit of. I guess our theoretical when it comes to playing Dungeons and Dragons, but it's it's been a blast. But that is going to conclude this portion. Uh, make sure to come back for the next episode where we dive into some of the best moments from the campaign so far. And then we're also going to talk a lot of shit because there were some questionable decisions that were made, but <laughs> they were great <laughs> nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's some shit I cannot. There's some shit to talk right now. Yes, but until <laughs> then, as always, to the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions. For me and my lovely cast, remember everyone, make sure to take care of one another, love each other, and as always, let the good times roll. See you next episode. Toodles. <laughs> this has been... The Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War, by Alexander Makarada. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call of the deep.